Hey everybody, welcome to the Mayfair Theater Podcast. I'm Andrew. And this is Josh, and we are here today on Wednesday, December 14th, chatting about movies coming up on the 16th through the 22nd of December. Uh, we almost had a couple other guests today, but Lee is running around doing Christmas stuff, and Anya has exams. Ah, okay. So I'm hoping next week, we, we could almost record multiple episodes today, because we know it's coming for the next three weeks, mm-hmm. but... We're just going to do one, and then maybe next week we might have more people. <laughs> yeah, us. Anya is one of our uh, managers, and uh, we've been meaning to get her on the podcast. And every time she's just, like like a lot of people working in these kind of jobs, is doing school or doing something else, yeah. so she's busy. But um, yeah, we have a ton of movies to talk about this week. Um, I put together the little flyer, I, I do that every Monday, and this one was extra challenging because we had ten things and so yeah. I had to like kind of start from scratch and like readjust all the font sizes and do everything to kind of get everything in there because it's an unusual week because on top of just normal movies, we have a couple movies that are two days and then we have four movies or four events that are one night only kind of mm-hmm. things. Um, so yeah, a ton of stuff leading up to the holiday season and to 2017 here at the Mayfair. Uh, so let's hop right in. Uh, we have two movies that we're holding over for a second week. Rules Don't Apply, which is... Uh, did you see that? I did. Yeah, I saw it too. So once again, this week, I'm glad when we have holdovers, because I can actually talk about a couple of the movies we have coming yeah. up. Um, I've been really busy and out of town, and so I've missed a ton of stuff here, but on Monday and Tuesday this week, I came to see Loving and Rules Don't Apply. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, we saw Rules Don't Apply last night. I It's one of those movies, and... This sounds like kind of a backhanded compliment, but it was a good movie, but you could see where it was almost a great movie. Uh, I still think it's well worth seeing, especially if you're a cinema fan, because it's kind of legendary now, because it's got Warren Beatty in his first movie in 15 years. Yeah, and a really, playing Howard Hughes. Yeah, really great cast, uh, you know, looks really pretty, everything, like, very high technically all around. Yeah. But it's very interesting when you think, what if he had done this 20 years ago, kind of when he was well, really... All pistols. All, all I think he's great in the film. Me too, yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's weird. He's playing Howard Hughes in his late 50s. Right. But Warren Beatty is clearly older than that. Yeah, yeah. But this is one of those movies where you really have to suspend a lot of disbelief. And I would rather have, often in these situations, I would rather have the actor just do it instead of have prosthetics on their face and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, or now modern times with creepy CG, you know, like... Uh, yeah, the, the... Robert Downey Jr. style in, in uh, the Captain America film where he was all, like, turned into a teenager. Yeah, they've done that in a bunch of movies where they digitally make them look younger. Yeah, I think so the they, first movie to do that was Tron oh, yeah, Legacy right. with Jeff Bridges where yeah. they made him look younger and he just sort of looked weird. It was weird. so distracting. He looked like was... a wax figure museum. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, Wax figure. Yeah, it's, and, and it's, it's more distracting because at least in something like Polar Express everybody looks creepy so it's kind of like across yeah. the board but when just one person is strangely fake then it really stands out i find like we're just not there yet maybe in 10 years we'll have the technology but or two years but yeah but i'd rather just left left that alone but with this film i don't know what their budget was but it's interesting because it you know all the costumes and all the cars and all the everything mm-hmm. But they had these really neat establishing shots of the city that mm-hmm. I think were kind of CG touch-ups where they would go in and, like, 
you know, take out a modern billboard or, or mm-hmm. building and make it into the 1950s. Yep. And they put this kind of like postcard, like um, filter on it almost. So it, it, the whole movie is very nostalgic, of course. Yeah. And and you can see that he just called up all his friends because it's like yeah, his wife is in it, yeah. and, mm-hmm. and she's very good. Mm-hmm. And Matthew Broderick, but then like really, really small roles for like Alec Baldwin, Dabney Coleman, Paul Sorvino. Uh, just a ton of character actors. Steve Coogan. Steve Coogan, yeah. who I thought I wanted more of him. <laughs> I yeah. wanted a movie about the the the, uh, the the terrified airplane pilot from England who's stuck in a plane with, with Howard Hughes, Howard Hughes. Flying, flying yeah. it. And and like a lot of movies, right up front, which I thought was kind of funny. There's a quote from Howard Hughes, and oh, what did it say? It said something like, you know, the the, you know, it, it was basically a tag saying this is. A true story, but yeah. fictionalized. Yeah, and it was a quote from Howard Hughes talking about the you know most most true stories are best when they're you know left alone and not, yeah. not fact checked. It was something like that. Yeah, uh, it was it was only two hours, which is good because often in movies like this, when it's someone like Warren Beatty who can do whatever he wants, it might have been a three hour kind of epic movie. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was. I really like the beginning, and I really like the end. I thought it sagged a little bit in the middle, even though it was only two hours. Um, but it's one of those movies where at the end where you're just like, yeah, that was good, but you could tell that in an alternate universe, this would have been like eight Oscar nominations, you know, if it, would, if, if it was made kind of more around the time of like Reds or something like that. Possibly, yeah. 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 Um, and the stars, um, the the it's weird. I also like that it kind of starts, and it's the female leads movie, and it kind of hops around to who your kind of central protagonist is. Mm-hmm. Like, Warren Beatty kind of takes over for a little while as Howard Hughes. But he's not really the main character. No. He's... And he's always kind of hiding in the shadows yeah. for a lot of it. But what's the actor's name? The, the... Alden... Uh... Oh, it's hard to pronounce his name. But... Alden Enreich? Or... Enreich? Yeah. No, it's... No. I'm sorry, I can't pronounce it. Yeah, I don't think I wrote it. I don't have... Um... But uh, we don't the, have the internet machine going. The young actor who he's playing Han Solo in the, in the next uh, Star Wars spinoff. And I'm sure we could look on IMDb and find out, but it seems like he came out of nowhere, you know. And he, and and I'm sure. Oh, he was in uh, Hail Caesar, the Coen Brothers movie. Yeah. So how how playing the cowboy star, and he's really good in that. How did this guy star in a Coen Brothers movie, star in a War Beatty movie, and star in a Star Wars movie? And I'm sure he has some supporting part or TV mm-hmm. stuff under his belt or something, but he was very good. Yep. And, uh, <clears throat> yeah, so that, that's one we have, we're holding over for a second week. Um, and like I said, I, I, and, and the music was great. So Music's really good. There, yeah. was a, there was a Christmas song in it that I had never heard before. Like, we, we, we've all heard every Christmas song, but right. there, there was like a 50s Christmas song in it that I'd never heard before that I looked up as soon as I got home. And we should mention there's one shot in the film that's like the best shot I've seen in any film all year. It's... Uh, I won't give it away, but it's it's a shot of two cheeseburgers. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. that was good. Yeah, um, yeah. Lee was telling me about that shot, and like I didn't see it coming because he didn't really describe it to me. But it's yeah. it's hilarious. Good. And I'm curious now because what I, Warren Beatty, of course, is is himself quite an interesting character. And 15 years ago, he kind of walked away from Hollywood. Yeah, um, raising his kids to be a dad. <clears throat> and I've read a couple really funny interviews where somebody they said like, "Oh, you've been." sweating and working on this film for a decade and he mm-hmm. was like no i've been a dad and going to soccer games and and parent teacher nights mm-hmm. and that's really cool that he had like this young 
life of like superstardom and yeah. all the tabloids and all the women. Yeah. And then met Annette Benning. She settled him down. Yeah. And he became a dad. He became a house husband. Yeah. And I think basically now it's like those kids are, you know, teenagers or 20 maybe even yeah. right now. And so now he's got more time on his hands, so he's come back to do a movie. Yeah. And I'm curious if this is it or if now he'll be more productive and maybe do either films for other people or himself. He seems to be <clears throat> the kind of guy, like, he only wants to do something if it really yeah. interests him. Yeah, but maybe now <clears throat> that he's taking that step back, if, I'm just, like, if Scorsese says, come to a movie, or if yeah. Spielberg says, come to a movie, will he be more open to say, yeah, I'll come and, come and do something, you know, because... Because uh, what's his name? The 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 director who did Badlands, Terrence Malick. Terrence Malick. He stepped away for twenty years. Yep. And then since he's come back, he's been much more productive and has done I don't know half a dozen movies since his comeback. Uh, but yeah, so it'll be interesting to see what's next for Warren Beatty if if there is a next or if he'll go back to being happy and retired. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, so uh, rules don't apply. A number of screenings this week, starting on Friday the sixteenth. Uh, matinee at 345. Uh, the other movie we have held over is Jeff Nichols' um, latest directorial effort, Loving, which I thought was pretty great. Um, I want to see this. This uh, this oh. is another film that's like it's set in the 50s and it looks like oh, it yeah, gets it is, the yeah. period detail yeah. pretty, pretty right. And I, I'm, I'm missing a film because I think he did a smaller film before Mud, which I haven't seen. He did. I think his first movie is called Shotgun Stories, which I haven't seen. Yeah. So, I, but so Michael he, Shannon is in that one, I so believe. It must be good. But, but uh, so I haven't seen that one. But Mud, Take Shelter, Midnight Special, and now Loving. Those four films, I, I think I've loved all four of those films. And um, I was joking with a friend last night. We were talking about there's a handful of filmmakers right now, kind of young in their careers, that in my opinion still have kind of a perfect track record, and two are. Edgar Wright and Jeff Nichols. Yeah, and I was like, I was like, who do you think will make the bad movie first? <laughs> and she said, probably Edgar Wright, because he kind of swings for the fences more. So he'll do something like big and crazy, yeah. and kind of falter. But um, this film is is even different than all three of those films mentioned. Like I said, I haven't seen the first one, but because even Mud has like some action and adventure in it, has some 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 guns a blazing action yeah. and some mystery. This is a very straightforward story. It's very subtle. Um, like, there's very little in the way, if any, of, like, um, someone screaming at each other or, like, scenes of protest or, or riots in the street that you might see on the same subject of, of, you know, a Malcolm X movie from Spike Lee or something like that. This is just very quiet love story about two people just trying to live. And everything about it's so good. And the actors aren't superstars the the two leads Joel Edgerton and Ruth Nega and and her I admit uh I know because she was on a bunch of episodes of Agents of Shield okay and I'm a comic nerd so I am obliged to watch all Joel of these Edgerton was in a Midnight Special yeah yeah and, and Black but, Mass with Johnny Depp and yeah so he has more of a yeah more of a career both of them aren't American so they're both uh that's very, right very yeah. good accents uh, Michael Shannon shows up in it, and um, Nick Kroll, comedian Nick Kroll, shows up in, oh, a, he's in, it? in a serious part. Not like a heavy serious part, but just he plays a lawyer. Yeah. And again, everybody in it is very subtle, Like, but it's, uh, you know, comedians can play 
with 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 few exceptions, the track record is comedians can pull off drama. Yeah, dramatic actors can't necessarily <laughs> go the other way. It's true. And uh, but yeah, I, I loving. I'm sure once the Oscar nominations come around, you're going to see this one nominated for a few awards. Uh, Michael Shannon has a really small role, but like I almost clapped when he came on screen. I, I love Michael Shannon so much, and I think it was. Um, I might be getting this wrong, but I believe Jeff Nichols was offered a Marvel movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I'm, I think it was Spider-Man, but I could be wrong. But he was offered like a big movie, like a, like a Spider-Man or a Star Wars, something from, from Disney. And he turned it down. And I'm right on the line where 50% of me really respects that. And 50% of me is like, oh, I would love to see you do a Spider-Man movie. But for the time being, he's doing kind of these, although some of them are pretty high concept, kind of lower budget I'm sure he gets to do whatever he wants, um, you know, doing like a $10 million budget versus a $200 million budget. You probably have a lot fewer producers on your yeah. back and all that kind of thing. But, um, yeah, so Loving is our second holdover this week, um, again, starting on Friday in a number of shows. Uh, so, yeah, so that's our two uh, holdovers. Uh, then we have a couple of Ottawa premieres. One is Operation Avalanche which is about conspiracy theories around the moon landing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not, I think, I'm not sure. I, I think it is kind of like found footage style or fake documentary style. It's, it's a fake documentary. It's yeah. almost like a, a, a mock, it's like a mockumentary. And it's these, uh, yeah, four undercover CIA agents sent to NASA posing as a documentary film crew. And then they come across yeah. the conspiracy to fake the moon landing. And I know... I don't know if he's in it as a character, but Stanley Kubrick's involved. Mm-hmm. So kind of tying into that whole, like, Stanley Kubrick conspiracy that people have tied into, like, The Shining and stuff yeah. like that. Uh, I'm a sucker for these kind of movies, both kind of the found footage and the conspiracy theory stuff. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think this one looks really cool. And um, it's kind of like that science fiction with the illusion of science fact that mm-hmm. uh, plays so well as a movie. You can really get lost in and forget that you're watching something made up especially if it's done well in the fake documentary realm Mm -hmm. but uh yes i'm looking forward to that one then uh another one we have coming up uh looks like a very dark horror film called the eyes of my mother the eyes of my mother and this is a kind of kind of like a film festival horror film uh black and white black and white uh, I think it's relatively short. I think it's like 76 minutes. I mm-hmm. think it's under 80 minutes. Uh, the, the trailer looks, is this like beautiful, bizarre looking um, just image, imagery of black and white imagery and, and, uh, and, and gore. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's, is it rated R? 18A. Yeah, 18A. So it's like yeah. 18A. And it's, um, even the kind of the tagline is a bit mysterious, which I don't mind because I don't like going in with too many spoilers but it's uh, uh, a young lonely woman is consumed by her deepest and darkest desires after tragedy strikes her quiet country life i was reading a review uh that des- described it as um if ingmar bergman directed the texas chainsaw massacre oh wow <clears throat> just to give you an idea yeah and, and a few of our our horror fans on on the interwebs have been very excited by this i didn't hear about it until we booked it but i think it's been making its rounds on uh I believe Fantasia Festival in mm-hmm. Austin and a bunch of kind of uh, awesome nerd fests like that. And uh, so, yeah, and, and it, it's like any genre, 
there's always like a sliding scale and horror ranges from kind of more like the fun goofy camp of like an 80s nightmare on elm street sequel to like a david lynchy kind of a racer head mm-hmm. and i think this is skewing a bit more towards the mature adult yeah art, art house kind of art house film. Film. Yeah, yeah for sure uh so yeah so that's our two auto premieres one kind of a fictionalized historical uh nasa movie with operation avalanche and a horror film with the eyes of my mother uh, then we have uh, a documentary called, what's the subtitle? It's called Seed. The Untold Story. The Untold Story. <clears throat> it's about, uh, I guess, corporate agriculture. Yeah. So Taking it, over the farming business. It, it, it's one in the long line of Mayfair approved, it's the end of the world. We're yeah. screwing it all up documentaries. Well, we're showing one tonight called Eating You Alive, which is similar. It's about, yeah. You know, well, this one, this one's more about farming like um I get, yeah corporate agriculture yeah but eating you alive is more about you know how you should just be eating plants yeah <laughs> diet a, a patron popped up asking if we had if we were bringing uh that eating eating you alive back and i said probably not but keep your eyes open for seed the untold story because i think it's a very similar theme yep <clears throat> and um but yeah so that's coming up uh two screenings of that auto premiere on wednesday and thursday at six thirty. So yeah, three auto premieres this week. And then the last um, new regular feature we have is L, which is from France and directed by Paul, Paul Verhoeven. Verhoeven, who in, I'm a bit older than Andrew, and in my youth, Paul Verhoeven <laughs> was just making every big offensive blockbuster, like uh, that, that Robocop, um, Basic Instinct, uh, what else do you do? Uh, um, Total Recall. Total Recall. Starship, Starship Troopers. Troopers. So, like, Hollow Man. <laughs> and all these movies, like, especially, man, like, especially Robocop and, and, like, Starship Troopers, just, they're just, just packed with undertones of, like, political stuff. And Starship yeah. Troopers is all Nazis and, and, you know, Basic Instinct, although had Sharon Stone in this very powerful female role, mm-hmm. was, you know, a, a, a mainstream Hollywood movie with full frontal nudity. Yeah. And, and so he's this crazy European man making these yeah. Hollywood movies with a kind of a twisted European yeah. sense of humor. And like, and like bizarre stuff because like Robocop started, Robocop's one of the strangest franchises in Hollywood history mm-hmm. because starts as an original screenplay of a like R rated cop movie yeah. with a robot or a cyborg running around Detroit killing people and it's really violent like yeah. there's, a, there's a scene where a guy gets hit by a truck and he's just blown apart yeah and it's, it's just i saw it when i was way too young to see it <laughs> but like you know the, the magic of vhs movies in, of our youth yeah. my youth and it's but it then had a couple sequels that i think each got like lesser ratings like went mm. to like pg 14 and pg then well, part two it, is rated r and okay yeah robocop 3 is pg 13 the, and then they had a Saturday morning cartoon and action figures. So this this weird movie that started out yeah. very mature and grown up became a Saturday morning. And there, there was a Nintendo game too. Yeah. yeah. And like you're like if you're watching the Saturday morning cartoon, you're probably not old enough to have watched the uh, it's very strange. But so he did all these these big Hollywood movies and then I guess it was after Hollow Man, he went back home. 
I think he he he. <clears throat> Hollow Man was a pretty big flop. He made a movie called Black Book, which is a uh, World War II. This this woman, this Jewish woman, goes undercover as a Gentile and yeah to infiltrate the Nazis. That's a really good movie. Yeah. And then I think he might have done a short film or something. Yeah, I think he's done a few things. Uh, and L is is his latest film, and it's a French production starring um, Isabelle Huppert, who's won a bunch of awards. Yeah, she plays a video game executive who is raped in her home, and she um, doesn't report it to the police. Mm-hmm. She casually tells her friends about it at dinner and decides to sort of figure out who who did it on her own. Right. It could be somebody that she works with, somebody she knows. So. Yeah, so it's, like a, it's a very strange kind of like cat and mouse yeah. thriller. And uh, and from Paul Verhoeven, so it's mm-hmm. it has his weird weird thumbprints all over yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, and that's and it's uh, we have it for a couple shows this week, Wednesday and Thursday, eight forty-five, uh, playing it a little bit earlier because it's uh, uh, two hours and ten minutes, so not mm-hmm. not too long, but a little bit longer than what seems to be average nowadays. Um, so yeah, so that's that's our six films. Mm-hmm. But then we have four more. Um, one-offs. Yeah, some Christmas stuff coming up. Uh, so first of all, uh, the 88th consecutive monthly screening of The Room, uh, which I just say it now that I'm sure it's a world record. I, I, can't, I, don't, yeah. I don't think anybody else is doing this many things. Uh, yeah, so 88th consecutive monthly screening, which means we've actually screened it more than that because we've had multiple screenings when we've had special guests coming and done a couple shows in a row. Um, so that is coming up on Saturday night for the Late Late Show at uh, 11.15 p.m. Then we have uh, a trio of Christmas offerings uh, from Saturday through Monday. On Saturday morning, we have our 10th volume of the Saturday morning All-You-Can-Eat Cereal Cartoon Party. It will be uh, three hours of... I don't know what the program is, but I think it is like Christmas episodes of Saturday morning cartoons yeah. versus Christmas specials. Uh, and uh, my friend and I went and picked up the 50 boxes of cereal yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh, 10th time in a row that the clerk didn't blink at us. Nobody <laughs> cares. <laughs> I was like, no, nobody, I guess people just go into, you know, Walmarts and buy weird things because we had like over this cart overflowing 50 boxes of cereal, nothing. Nobody just, just zapped them away. Uh, my, my only regret is we don't live in a world of, of toys and cereal boxes anymore because we'd have so we would just I would just give them out to people yeah it would be so much fun but uh, we got all the cereal uh, admission prices are basically it's two bucks more for on uh, the normal admission price and for that you get uh, kind of basically a the equivalent of a double bill because it's three hours long and all you can eat cereal that we'll have on hand uh, feel free to bring your own reasonably sized bowl no uh no witch's cauldrons <laughs> I no saw, salad bowls yeah i saw a guy once and i stopped him and i was like no and he had like a salad bowl and i was like that would fit like three boxes of cereal and two cartons of milk uh wear pajamas uh it'll be lots of fun uh so it's saturday morning at 10 a.m bright and early uh if you haven't been before it's the cartoons but also in between there's commercial breaks of like retro old toy commercials mm-hmm. and stuff like that I, I think that's almost more fun than the cartoon sometimes yeah. I, I would watch three hours of those 
commercials. Yeah. Uh, but it, it's kind of like when we screen the Oscars. It, it gives you a bit of a different feeling because maybe a cartoon might pop up that you don't really care about. So that'll give you a chance to go refill your popcorn or take mm-hmm. a bathroom break. Um, but, yeah, it's always a lot of fun. We always get requests for it. Someone was like, you should do it every Saturday. And I was like, oh, that would be a lot of work. Uh, and I think it would kind of take away the, the anticipation. We do it quarterly, and yeah. I think that's fine. I think that yeah. works well. And it kind of averages out to, like, like a holiday screening, uh, March break, um, like summer, fall kind of thing. And that, that works out really mm-hmm. well. But, uh, so that's on Saturday. Then on Sunday, uh, our kids' club presentation of A Christmas Story. Mm-hmm. And we kind of chatted about this before where it's an it's a, a, a American film but with heavy Canadian influence Yeah. with the director and some of the shooting locations. And I think any time a movie, any of the states kind of across the border, like uh, Gwen and I, my wife and I went down to visit um, uh, Minnesota. And it's, it's very Canadian. You know, it's very, we get four seasons there's a hockey team. It's, uh, yeah. you know, it's, but uh, A Christmas Story is um, PG rated, but I put a little bit of a warning out there to parents just that there are some swear words in it. Uh, all the swear words are kind of goofy, fun swear words. Like, it's mm-hmm. nothing too crazy. Um, and this really is kind of, I mean, it's from 1983, but a modern Christmas classic. Like, yeah. a lot of people, like, this is their favorite Christmas film. Yeah. So even though, of course, the opportunity is there to watch it at home, I think it's so much fun to come oh, yeah, come see it on the big see screen. this on the big screen with a crowd. And uh, it is our kids' club presentation, which means uh, a kid can get a membership for 10 bucks for a year, get one free special movie a month. Um, some people online were very confused by this. I'm like, no, you can come if you're a grown-up. You just buy a normal ticket. Like, it's not like we're, like, closing off the theater, like, Pied Piper style. and be like, no, only kids can come in for this. But... So, yeah, grown-ups are welcome just at normal ticket prices, and uh, kids are welcome at normal ticket prices, but if they would like to get a membership, then they get one free, cool retro movie a year. Oh, sorry, a month. Uh, and this year, it's been stuff like Dark Crystal, Labyrinth, Land Before Time, Pee-wee's mm-hmm. Big Adventure, uh, lots of cool stuff. So that's day two of our, our Christmas trilogy. And then on Monday night, um, maybe the most anticipated movie of the year all the time, uh, <laughs> Die Hard. Die Hard. Monday night at 6.30 p.m. It is, it's so funny because I, I, on so many podcasts and so many talk shows, it always comes up as people saying like, yeah, this is a Christmas movie. And if you don't think it's a Christmas movie, you're wrong. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's like, yeah. It has the Christmas spirit. Yeah. And it's, it's got Christmas songs in it. It takes yeah. place at Christmas. There's like Christmas tree, a Christmas party, you know, uh, it, it's, it's, it really is. It like, sort of has a Santa Claus. Sort of has a Santa Claus. <laughs> Um, I'm, I've missed it the last couple of years either because I was working or just busy and this year I'm excited to come and just sit and watch it it's, it's just so fun to watch it with a crowd and people cheer at all the favorite moments that they've seen 20 times before and um, as much as we love presenting films on film this will be the uh, digital restoration of the film mm-hmm. and if anyone three or four years ago saw the film version of the film uh, I'm so glad the audience had a good sense of humor about this, but there was some scenes cut because the film broke or whatever, mm-hmm. and they couldn't have been more perfectly ill-timed scenes. Like it mm-hmm. was like when Bruce was outside the window and swinging to crash dramatically through, and it cut right there, so you missed that little scene, yeah. or you missed a couple little certain like taglines or little things like mm-hmm. that. But 
So yeah, this is, will be a digital presentation of this uh, classic Christmas film from 1988, which, uh, I mean, it's anything we can say about it has been said before, that it's kind of the, the pinnacle of action movies. Yep. That has been ripped off 50 different times, mm-hmm. that even good movies, but like Speed is Die Hard on a bus. You know, it, it's, it's just been... The late 80s stopped, and that was like, yeah, that's action movies. We don't know how to do it anymore. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah, so very much looking forward to that one. And then we'll have um, one more Christmas thing after that later on the next schedule, but maybe we'll save and chat about that next time. But, um, yeah, so that is our packed week, nine films and Saturday morning cartoons. A uh, little something for everybody, ranging from mature stuff to kid stuff. And... Uh, Hope you be able to come out and catch some of the fun Christmas things we have. Um, yeah, and we could talk about stuff coming up, but I think we might as well save that and talk about that on the next episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's there's two more weeks of uh, stuff already booked on our website. Yeah, uh, MayfairTheater.ca. So yeah, yeah, so lots if, to see. If you if you're if you're listening to this actually in mid late December 2016, you can go to our website and get a sneak peek about stuff that we have coming up. We have some fun stuff booked for the kids for the holiday break uh, and a bunch of other new to the Mayfair movies uh, coming up as well and a couple of premieres and then some more stuff already booked into 2017 already which is crazy Mm -hmm. so yeah so maybe we'll wrap that up for this week thanks for listening Uh, be sure to visit our friends at House of Targ they've got a ton of cool shows coming over the Christmas season uh, including a Usually, usually they do their free play on Sunday, and I believe it's on Monday mm-hmm. for Boxing Day. So you can come out and uh, go and pay five bucks, and all the arcade and pinball will be set to free play, and mm-hmm. uh, that is always an amazing time. And um, for our book recommendation for Audible, mm-hmm. which is what Audible AudibleTrial.com slash Mayfair Theater Podcast. Oh, good. I. Good, I got that right when I did the mini episode last week. <laughs> oh, good, week. good. Um, I should have made it shorter. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. Um, I always recommend, uh, every time we talk about The Room on an episode, I always recommend Disaster Artist as a great uh, mm-hmm. audiobook to listen to. And um, I bet you you could find something on there about Warren Baby as well. Um, and I wonder if the Die Hard book's on there as an audiobook. That's something I've never Possibly. read. I've never read the Die Hard I think it's book. called, yeah, it's based on a book. Die Hard's based on a novel. Yeah. I think it's called Nothing Lasts Forever. And then, like, Die Hard 2 is based on a different novel. Yeah. yeah. Unrelated. Unrelated, weird, yeah. But I should read that someday. But, uh, yeah, so, go, yeah, go, go listen to the uh, Disaster Artist book or see if Die Hard's on there. Or listen to a Warren Beatty biography on us and then uh, check out their services for all your audiobook needs. Uh, thanks for listening, and uh, we will see you next week uh, right before Christmas time. Mm-hmm. See you later.